you're just funny. It's you know the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, Jake. Who are you? Oh, well, hello, friends. Happy day to each of you. Uh, hope everyone's uh, week or weekend, depending on when you're listening to this, is going well. Today is, yet again, not surprisingly, another fun episode. I say that with most of my episodes because most of my episodes are pretty fun. I, I hope you would agree with that. Uh, but if you haven't already, to get all the updates on when I post a podcast, be sure to subscribe to the channel by hitting that little subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching this, uh, or just head over uh, to my website, theberardo.com, and you can subscribe there. It doesn't cost anything, but you'll just be getting updates every time I post an episode. And we are doing weekly episodes now, so I hope you will um, rate them, share with a friend, share with the family, help me grow the podcast. Without you, I am nothing. So hook a brother up, would you? Thanks. But today's episode is going to be a good one. I actually talk with uh, a health and fitness expert, uh, Ryan Stroder. Uh, Ryan, I actually got a chance to talk with his wife, Monica, on a previous episode. You can listen to that. I think it was like maybe 10 episodes ago. I'll leave that in the episode notes. But um, Ryan and Monica, they both uh, have done some great things in the fitness industry. So I wanted to kind of pick his brain a little bit in terms of uh, getting back to normal, so to speak, with with everything that's happened these last couple of years. A lot of us have kind of struggled with physical and mental health. So, you know, a lot of that is not just what we intake, you know, from a supplement standpoint, but also the food we eat, uh, the type of workouts we do, um, the type of activity in general that we do. You know, if you have family or kids, sometimes it's a challenge. And But, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's no excuse. I mean, you got to get shit done. And you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your body. And obviously, that's a lot of what my podcast is because I I believe in it. I know about it. I like to talk to people that are experts in it because I think in order for us to live a long, healthy life, uh, we got to know what we're talking about. And sometimes we get clouded a little bit with the content that we consume, whether that's keeping up with the Kardashians or TikTok videos, watching too many shows on Netflix. Um, you know, sometimes we forget that the most important thing is our family and loved ones and uh, and our health. If you don't know where to start, that's okay. A lot of people don't. No big deal. Uh, first step is probably listen to a couple educational podcasts. Step one completed. Good job. But also step two is supplementation. Uh, and I use Perfect Keto. Perfect Keto is my go-to for everything that I use from a supplement standpoint. Um, they have some some great powders. Uh, like super greens, which is one of my favorites, lemon flavored. So you can actually just mix it in water. It's a scoop that you put in powder form, throw it in some cold water, mix it up. And you got up to 26 fruits and veggies in one little drink. It is a powerful drink. And if you're like me, you don't really have the time to consume that many fruits and veggies. You just use the powder and you're good to go. Uh, they also have tons of great stuff like uh, collagen that I use for my coffee, you know, protein bars, keto bars, uh, nut butters, which is super fat, which I absolutely am obsessed with. I use that all the time with PB&J. Visit perfectketo.com. Uh, if you want 20% off, simply use the code THEBERARDO at checkout. You're going to get 20% off your entire order. So it's a win-win. You're going to love it. Perfectketo.com. But thank you uh, for sponsoring the podcast and uh, just for being a good partner. 
But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Everyone, please help me welcome Mr. Ryan Stroder. I want to get into your background and why I wanted to have you on and all that jazz as well. But yeah, to kind of give you like an elevator pitch on uh, my podcast. So I have a, a background in health and wellness. Uh, I was at LA Fitness, which is a, uh, a health club down here in the States. Yep. And, uh, you know, back when I was... We trained there in Beverly Hills a few years ago. Oh, is that right? Oh, cool. Yeah, it's changed a lot. I, I have a couple of buddies that still work there um, that are higher up now, but I was there when I was 18, one of my first gigs. Yeah. And then I was in sales for quite some time, got promoted, and then I was like, you know, this is great, but the shitty part about being in sales is like you're in sales at the health club, yeah. so you're wanting to sign people up just to make a commission. And I was like, yeah. I'm not really doing anything because I don't know their progress, right? Like once I sign them up, it's one and done. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I want to get certified. I want to get away from the sales side and become a trainer. So I did that for about three years, four years. And unfortunately, I mean, you know how it goes in that industry. It's It just got so competitive and social media started ramping up again. So it's like, all right, well, let me get, let me get out of this industry. Let me get something that's a little more lucrative. lucrative. And I got out of the uh, training industry and just went into beverage and became uh, a marketing expert in that field and have been doing that for quite some time. What and kind of beverages? So I worked at Coca-Cola first. Right. Um, my dad worked there for 17 years. So, you know, hey, listen, benefits, 401k, like this is the way to go. And I was like, all yeah. right, all right. You know, I was a kid. I started in the warehouse and uh, had to move move up into sales because he couldn't hire me directly because of conflict of interest. So, and then I got into marketing and then I worked at Monster Energy for almost a decade. And I just left them uh, a little while ago. The most and addictive liquid on the planet, in my opinion. Literally the most addictive. <laughs> and not just because of the the <laughs> actual ingredients that are addictive, but just the attitude of like, you know, especially if you're a millennial or Gen Z and you're in that realm, like that type of stuff. Same thing with Celsius. That type of stuff, the attitude, the culture, that's what's the most addicting. You know, yeah, that rise and grind hustle kind of ethos. Yeah, man. And it gets you hooked. Yeah. And then once you taste it and you're like, ooh, strawberry guava. Mm. And then you're hooked. <laughs> Zero calories, you say, sir. Yes. And not only that, but uh, there's ingredients in there that I don't know how to pronounce, but who cares? It's just a drink. Ooh. No big deal. Yeah. I'm sure they're not going to injure my body. And, you know, that's. What's your, what's your opinion now? Well, that's what's interesting. How do you see it from my health? Like if I was like, hey, I drink 10, you know, I drink two Monster Energy drinks a day. What would you say to me? Yeah. Well, I think I'm still in my um, my non-disclosure, so I'll wait. <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, just kidding. But uh, no, I am. But honestly, I the reason I, I think I kind of branched off um, a little bit more like subconsciously something happened. Maybe it was when I started this podcast. I started this podcast like six years into working at Monster. I mainly wanted to do this podcast as a way to get my like health and wellness fixed because I wasn't doing it in my job anymore. And ever since I stopped training, because I've always been, you know, big into working out and still to the day work out seven days a week. But uh, I had no way to kind of vent that, spread my knowledge and more importantly, keep keep up. I mean, obviously, my certification expired you know, after four years. I didn't renew it. How can I continue that? trend like i'm not going to get recertified and do it on the side i was working too much so let me start a podcast and let me invite people that are currently certified or you know people that know about the health and wellness industry because that shit's always changing i mean when i I did my certification the movements and uh, the way we eat now is completely different than when it was 20 years ago 
when I first started getting in the industry. So it's it's For so sure. interesting how much it changes. And I was like, well, what can I do to kind of continue to learn myself, but also, you know, teach other people? And that's where I, I started this podcast. Maybe just subconsciously, I was like, I want to get out of the, the beverage industry at some point and do something that is a little bit more up my alley, you know, for what I wanted. I think that's when I looked at the energy drink companies that I, I worked for. But I think when I looked at them, I was like, I just go, I'm, I'm not confident with what I'm doing anymore. You know, it's mm. a, it's a great gig. It's, uh, they treat you good while you're there. The money's great. It's fun. You get to hang yeah. out with girls and bikers and athletes. And, you know, I was, I was on the marketing side. So I was in charge of a lot of, a lot of stuff where I could meet athletes and shit. It was cool. But now I look at it like that to me is not sustainable for anybody. You know, mm. you're not, you're not going to drink monster when you're 70. Why drink it when you're 20? So that's, that's where my perception kind of changed a little bit. You know, I, I got out of that. Now I'm a health and wellness consultant at a nonprofit. And I do yeah. that uh, just, you know, because I'm passionate about it. And then uh, my cool. wife and I just started our own company. So that's kind of yeah. what we're focusing a lot more energy on. Fantastic, man. Yeah. No, I, I really like that. I, I really resonate with that too, because if there's one thing that's blatantly obvious, if you pay attention over time, is that the experts change their tune every mm -hmm. couple of years and some new personality rises up and he's like, these guys don't know anything. Dr. Jason Fung and the obesity insulin model is for fools, <laughs> right? I can't believe anybody used to believe this. If you have insulin, you can't burn fat, blah, blah. But it's like, hey, people believe that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a hundred percent. If you eat keto diet, you turn to a fat burning machine. Well, yeah, I mean, you do because you're only eating fat. So technically speaking, correct. But calorie deficit's the game, big dog. <laughs> so, you know, I, I understand what you're saying there just about like, like looking and seeking, right? For basically the truth, because we all want to be better. There's something within us that is pursuing mastery, at least with, with me and my circle, right? You, you were pursuing mastery. You're pursuing growth. Like there's only expansion and, contra and contraction. There's no stagnation. That's just yeah. not the, how the universe works. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in terms of like fitness journey, I, I've been on the same path, man. And I've had some crazy twists and turns, you know, like I mentioned to you earlier about how um, I had a really bad uh, health scare. This is like, well, it started like 15 years ago, but it really kicked in like seven years ago. Mm. And um, essentially what happened was <clears throat> I got a really bad disc bulge on my L5S1. Okay. Which is like right, right down at the bottom of your spine, right where it meets your hips. Right. It just so happens to be directly adjacent to the sciatic nerve. And so the inflammation from that injury pushes on the sciatic nerve, right? Impedes communication with your leg. So you start to get numbing in your foot and just causes like un unbelievable pain. Okay. Unbelievable. And the, the degree of the pain is completely related to the angle that your hip and knee is at at the time you know i was really pursuing strength training you know what i mean you, you, you're trying to get stronger there's a little bit of ego involved you know five plate deadlift four plate squat three plate bench well, you know just you know what i mean you're there with yeah. your boys you know what i mean powdered protein shakes and creatine and all this kind of stuff no pain no gain bullshit no pain no gain right yeah. man so one day I went in, I went from in for a pretty heavy squat session at the time I was doing uh, German volume training. So I don't know if you're familiar with that, but 10 sets right. of 10 reps, pretty severe. <laughs> and uh, that night, like I just couldn't sleep. 
the, the pain that I was experiencing was unlike anything I had ever encountered in my life. It, it, it literally was impeding my ability to hold a thought longer for a couple of seconds, which is something that you just take for granted your ability to think without having something completely interrupt you. You know, immediately I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? So I call my, uh, registered massage therapist. She comes by, she gives me a massage. We, I pursue her treatment plan for a little bit. It's not working. I can't, I can't sit in a car. I can't sit at a desk. Do you know what I mean? I have to be vertical or horizontal. That's it. Right. And even then it's just vicious. So I, I start going seeing McKenzie spine experts. I start going to see, um, who else did I see? I did physiotherapy. I did shockwave therapy. I did intramuscular stimulation, which is where they put these needles in you and just electrify you. I'd say like three to five times a week I was somewhere because you, you're, you're wow. desperate, right? You're yeah. looking under every rock, right? Doing everything. And I remember, you know, you've met my wife already, but I remember one day and uh, I came back from a shockwave therapy session. And at this point, I, I was pretty certain that the shockwave was doing basically nothing other than draining my wallet. And, um, you know, I'm laying on the, we, our old house used to be concrete. I'm laying on the concrete floor and I was just like in tears. And my wife was like, you know, like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I just got to keep looking. I got to keep trying to find somebody. And, you know, over the course of a few months, and I'm talking like a dozen health experts, like, I live in Calgary, Alberta, and this is where it was all going down. But I'm telling you right now, like I was flying to Kelowna and Vancouver. Like I didn't care. Where are the brains? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody help me. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say not to interrupt you, but it's so interesting. Even with the knowledge that you know in the background that you have, everyone's giving you a different shit saying, hey, this will work. That'll work. And it, it, it's always like that because we're always learning new information to your original point. Is it's, it's so hard to find you, the answers. Yeah, you make a great point. And, it, you know, it's like that saying, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So you go to the physio guy, he's like, physio is the solution. It is the way and the path. And it's like, pretty quickly, I realized, and this is where I lost a lot of respect for doctors and medical professionals. But I realized that I was educating these people. They were telling me their specific modality and how their interpretation of the functions work and relates to my issue, etc. But then I'd be like, well, yeah, but what about this, which I learned from this other guy? You see what I'm saying? So very quickly, I was like, man, these people I'm dealing with are just, you know, they got their blinders on. Yeah. So anyways, long story short, I eventually, I go to a pain therapist. Okay. This guy in the city named Dr. Reddy, this guy's a miracle worker. God bless him. He, I tell him what's going on. I'm like, man, I just need something for the pain. I don't care what you give me, you know? And uh, he's like, why don't you, uh, why don't you strip down to your underwear and walk down the hallway here? I walk down the hallway and he's kind of looking at me, looking at the way I walk. He's like, okay, okay, turn around, walk the other way. Okay. You've torn all of the ligaments in your sacroiliac joint, and it's preventing your hip from sitting in the correct position, which constantly causes uh, torsion, right, on that L5-S1 because it's in the extended position. Which is affecting the sciatic, yeah. Which is affecting sciatic. And I was like, oh, my God, ligaments, right? You can't heal ligaments. Mm. And he's like, of course you can heal ligaments. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so that's when I learned about uh, plasma rich uh, PRP, it's called. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they basically take your blood, they centrifuge it, isolate the healing part, because there's a little bit of healing factors everywhere in your blood, right? Mm -hmm. But they just isolate the shit out of it. 
Until can you swear on this podcast? Fuck yeah. Okay, great. My Monica gives me flack all the time because it's a bad habit of mine. But well, Monica was too G-rated when I had her on, but it was fun. But it was- oh man, <laughs> yeah, like- we'll talk about Monica later. But um, P- yeah, PRP can heal you. And I was like, you know, this is like total bullshit. And then I started doing research into it. I learned about stem cell therapy. I was in contact with some clinics down in Costa Rica. I was going to go down there and do stem cell therapy for like eighty thousand dollars American. Yeah. Okay. But Dr. Reddy was like, just try the PRP. And so they, they, they literally go in with like a fat needle and they drop these little droplets of liquid gold onto whatever needs healing. Part of your blood is called plasma. Mm-hmm. Okay. And within that plasma, there are small little molecule chains, peptides of different sorts, healing factors, growth factors, okay, that are just always circulating through your body. So if there's ever a little bit of damage here, as it flushes through, it'll heal it a little bit. And what they're doing is they're hyper, hyper concentrating this stuff as non-invasive as you can get considering it's just a blood draw. And so they, so they went in and, you know, over the course of probably like three years, I did four different sessions of PRP, even after the first session within 48 hours. And here's the thing, here's the thing. If you look at the way ligaments are supposed to heal. Okay. And you look at the duration that it's supposed to take ligaments to heal. I should not have noticed anything within 48 hours. That's just a clinical, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, within 48 hours, it was day and night. Really? It was like, you know, when you find a solution and you're like, this is it, this is it. The proof, the proof is in the pudding. Wow. So basically, you know, at that point, Dr. Reddy basically gave me my life back. At that point I was like, A, I healed myself. Now, did I need medical intervention? Absolutely. But what were the two things that were that did that? A, the correct diagnosis and the PRP treatment. And B, the fact that I didn't give up. Right. We got socialized healthcare up here in Canada. So maybe there's a bit of a different attitude in the United yeah. States. But certainly when I talk to people here in Canada, you go to your doctor, you do whatever he says. If it doesn't work for you, you wait till he changes his mind. Yeah. Okay. And so at, at that point, I realized, you know, there's a lot more than deadlift in five plates. There's a lot more than squat and four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So b- basically from there, you know, in a, in a similar type of trajectory, I really got interested in different modalities, different types of approaches, whether they were internal approaches from, you know, a spiritual perspective or a mental discipline perspective um, via meditation, cold showers, all those things. I did training with Wim Hof. He's a great guy. Used to, used to do that all the time. Religiously, we've got a sauna in my house downstairs, you know, but really where it started to really unlock for me was when I met my wife because she's a cardio bunny. Okay. And you know, she's on the treadmill and I'm, I'm, this is like when we're just first starting to date. Right. right. And uh, I'm like, so what are you trying to do at the gym? She's like, I want to grow my butt. You know, of course. And it's, it's like the, the cardio is not going to do that no. for you. Sweetheart. So I just, you know, I did, I did knowledge download, progressive overload, you know, periodization, long cycles, short cycles, everything. We talked about nutrition, protein requirements, you know, how much you need per pound of lean body mass, all those kind of things. And then she took everything I told her and did it perfectly and flawlessly better than I have ever done it. So I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> Who is this girl? Like what the hell? And her body was just like, 
And then right? boom, you and, fell in love yeah. with that. Yeah. And so I, that's, that's when I realized that the consistency aspect of things is so often overlooked. You know what I mean? Everybody's after these quick fixes in terms of health tricks and, you know, I, Hey, look, I'm probably the worst, right? You're like, well, I could track every single thing I eat, (laughs) but maybe this other thing, Oh, you just drink this drink and this is skinny tea. Fuck. It's called skinny tea. I mean, yeah, there's even these, you know, especially with social media ramping up and all that, there's always, you know, tricks and, and tips and shortcuts and all. But you're right. We always do want the shortcut. And that's what's interesting. That's what's so funny about health as as a whole. I had uh, a buddy of mine on uh, just last week, and he's a he's a CPT. And we, we talked a lot about this to where everyone, like, if, you, if you're with the trainer right now and you, know, you pay for an hour-long session or whatever, and he's having this issue out in California where he'll train someone for, like, you know, 30 minutes, whatever, four times a week. Right. And then after a few weeks, you're like, you know, I haven't really seen a lot of results. Like, should I see someone else? And he's like, it's only been a couple of weeks. Like, what do you mean? Like, these are your goals. This is what you want. You gave me a plan. It's yeah. six months. We planned it out. Well, you know, but I, I saw someone on TikTok that did this and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. 30 pounds in 30 days. Yeah. All you 30 have to- minutes. Just drink uh, instant coffee and lemon and you'll burn yeah. fat like that. It's like, we we want to rush everything and you can right let's let's get a faster tesla yes i get it let's figure out sustainable ways and easier ways to help the planet let's shoot rockets into space faster that's all okay but when it comes to your health it's okay to slow down a little bit take it easy do the research trial and error like when I, when I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease uh, about four years ago, which is another big reason why I started this podcast, like you, I went to a lot of doctors, a lot of professionals, and every single one said that they knew what to do. And they gave me treatments, and it wasn't working. And all I ended up doing was eventually did an elimination diet, figured out yeah. that, you know. maps. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, figured out like a lot of people with chronic illness that, you know, sugar, gluten, flour, Creates a lot of inflammation uh, in the body, and especially if you have chronic disease like Crohn's, to where every person's different. So maybe one person that has Crohn's doesn't listen to this and it doesn't work for them. But for me, cutting out a lot of flour, gluten, uh, obviously processed foods and sugars and all that, and also meat, and cutting all that out, Mm. being strictly plant-based. All forms of meat? All forms of meat. Yeah. I mean, of course, I started with just eliminating red meat, did that for a few months, wasn't working. Then I went pescatarian, that wasn't working. And then I eventually cut it out and... I haven't had an issue and I'm off Crohn's medication. I've, I've been in remission for about a year and a half, two years uh, by eating plant-based. I always talk to other Crohn's patients. I'm in these group chats and all that, and that doesn't work for everybody, you know, but right. for me, I know how to manage it to where if I, I do have an episode, I used to have an episode where it would get so bad. Mine's interesting because uh, my, my Crohn's, which are you familiar with the disease? I know it's like a gastrointestinal disease kind yeah. of thing. Leaky gut. Some people are afflicted by it. You yeah. know, like in so a, we don't in need a, to get into the g- gruesome details, but I get the gist. I was gonna throw up some images. No, um, oh please, no. no, but uh, in a nutshell, essentially, it's scarring in the intestines, and depending on where it is, it will depend on how your body reacts. So, like you said, leaky gut is is one. But with me, mine's at the very bottom. It, it's kind of like someone stepping on a hose mm. and it I get blocked up. So I don't have any like instances where a lot of people do 
I would probably say 70% of patients, you eat some hot chicken wings, you, they got to run to the bathroom within two minutes. Mm. Me, I'm the opposite. Me, me, I'm completely fine. Right. And eventually I'll just have an episode where my, my intestines get so locked up that everything gets backed up. So I get bloated and then yeah. I have to eventually go to the hospital and they have to pump me out. It's that bad. Wow. Wow. So now I'm realizing where that hasn't happened to me in about two years after being plant-based, yeah. but if I feel it coming, cause now I can kind of like feel it, then I'll just juice and I'll fast for, you know, 16, 18 hours and I'll just have nothing but juice for sometimes a day, sometimes two. And mm. I'll wait till I cleanse myself out. Cause essentially I'm, I'm realizing that my intestines just for whatever reason, they're overworked and mm. there's no reversing it aside from stem cells, which I want to get into more about. So I'm yeah. just going to have to fight through when it does happen. That's kind of the interesting thing, which by the way, not one doctor told me to do. Everyone wants to throw me on Humira and all this medication and, you know, they want right. to shoot me up with a bunch of shit. And yeah. I stopped going to my gastrologist about two years ago. You know, I'll call them if I have a bad issue. But yeah, it's, it, it's just weird how I don't think they do it on purpose. I just think everybody- no, they're looking through toilet paper tubes. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Everything is like this. Oh, yeah. peer reviewed or not. What right. did the other smart guys say? It's like, <laughs> yeah. there's like 10,000 people in this Facebook group that tell me that this thing might work. And it's like, well, that's a Facebook group. You're like, yeah, but I don't, I don't care. I'll try anything. I'll eat gar. You want me to eat garbage? Yeah. I'll eat garbage, bro. Whatever works. You know, <laughs> whatever works, you know, and just going back to your earlier point, there are two things came up that I, that really clicked with me. And the first was when it comes to the personal trainer telling you that, you know, a few weeks is, is insufficient to see results. And that comes down to an aspect that people like to ignore, which is just your human psychology. Because the truth of the matter is, if you don't see results in two to four weeks, you're probably not going to stick with it. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's just the truth. 80% of the time, we're just running monkey man firmware. You know what I mean? <laughs> Food, work, typing, doo -doo -da, yeah. right? And, you know, it's, it's only like X amount of percent, 20%, 10%, who knows what it is, where we have our higher functioning cognitive selves. Like, oh, yes, this is what I should be doing. I will behave in this <laughs> matter and think these thoughts. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of, Monica and I both, we, we train various people as well. And we've been doing this for years. You know, she's got her online platform I'm working. Mine is referral only right now. And one thing that we've really noticed is that, there are methodologies you can use that will guarantee long-term results, but then there are others that will get you some short-term results. Right. And if you can get the short-term results, people will buy into the long-term results. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's just a fact. That's right. Right. So, you know, th that's the first thing. The second thing that you, that you mentioned there that I thought was very interesting that I've been thinking about a lot lately, talking about a lot, reading about a lot, is in relation to the gut microbiome, food processing, gut health, all those kind of things. Because what has really unlocked things for me is just in the last like year and a half, I've really figured out diet, like to the absolute core for me and for, you know, the people that we're dealing with. Right. And so, you know, I, we, it, it's quite obvious about, um, you know, look, calories in, calories out is the end of the conversation. 
Okay. Now what your calories out actually are, I mean like the Apple watch and the Fitbit and all those things are just total fucking bullshit. Okay. They're just, they're, they are total bullshit. Yeah, right. And I invite anyone who's listening to this to track every single thing that you eat for a week and weigh yourself with the Wi-Fi scale every single day for a week. And then if your weight didn't change, well, then you know exactly what your maintenance calories are. If mm -hmm. your weight went up a little bit, well, you just go online, figure out how much that up equals in calories, subtract it. Now you know what your maintenance calories are. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can figure out what your true end of the conversation. No one can argue with you. Maintenance calories are in a week. Yeah. Okay. But most people are like, oh, I just burnt 400 calories on the friggin' elliptical. I can have my the watch donut. Says, yeah. Yeah. It's like. You, you're, you're a gomer and you're a gomer because you are unwilling to pay the price. And the price is pulling out your phone, trying to find the food. Fuck, where's the fucking food in there? Did I scan the UPC code? Ah, it hasn't been entered already. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's vicious. And look, yeah. I, I, I absolutely despise it. But you can very easily figure out what your maintenance calories is. And once you know your maintenance calories, you can start making intelligent decisions about the direction you want to go in order to heal your microbiome, fix your total daily energy expenditure, fix your metabolism. And, you know, I'll just give you a couple examples. Let's say that you're someone who has chronically dieted, or let's say you are me mm -hmm. back when I was really into fasting. Okay. I learned about Dr. Jason Fung and all his fasting stuff. And I was like, holy shit, autophagy, the guy won the Nobel prize for the discovery of autophagy where your body clears the dead cells out. It's like a healing process, right? Right. And I was like, autophagy, this is the way to go. I'm gonna like purge my body of all the cancer cells. So I'm like, I'm just gonna stop eating. It was around this time that I had learned about uh, the secret about salts, okay? There's some great salt documentaries on YouTube. Secret you about watch. salts. Yeah. So basically, when you feel thirsty mm -hmm. or you feel hungry, most of the time, you just want salts. Sodium deficiency. Yeah, sodium. I, so, I have read about that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the, oh, look yeah. Your, your, your cell's membrane is a sodium-potassium pump, okay? Things coming in, things going out. And whenever it doesn't have the ion capability to perform those functions regularly, it's deficient. And it now, goes up through... Now, Ryan, we're not just talking about Pedialyte, just so everyone knows, okay? Like we're actually no, talking no, no. about the real no, stuff. No. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about Pedialyte. I'm talking about sodium chloride, potassium chloride, yeah. boron. There's a look. If you if you Google um, salt elect salt electrolytes to drink during a fast, you'll find it. Yeah. And so basically, at the same time that I was learning about salts and how you know there's there's some amazing. Um, technical analysis of the research on salt and the way that it is biased against salt. And mm -hmm. they like, because they can prove bias statistically, right? Right. With their, you know, our values and all that kind of stuff. And so there's a good documentary out there. I forget what the name of it is, but it's like, it, it just shows how salt has been vilified. And mm -hmm. so once I learned that thirst and hunger are primarily um, the seeking of salt, I was like, well, that's pretty easy to check. I'll make one of these salt drinks. And then if I feel hungry or thirsty, I'll just drink some of it and we'll see if something happens. Mm. And I'm telling you right now, if you make a, if you make a correct salt drink and you get hungry or thirsty, you drink some of that thing, you're not hungry or thirsty anymore. Really? You, you're not, you that's are not. Good. And but the most important thing is, I don't know if you've ever done any extended fast. I've never gone beyond eight days, but yeah, no, that's the max I've done is five. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Even five days. 
Like you can see through walls. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts, dude. I mean, even right? listen, even intermittent fasting, there's a lot of bullshit out there, but even that alone, if you're scared to do any type of long-term, even just like skipping breakfast, like you think you're going to be tired and you're going to be lethargic, but even yeah. that you get more energy. Like it's, it's interesting how you're more focused. Like it's almost like you had a bunch of caffeine, but you didn't. And if your salts are balanced, because there's right. going to be a bunch of people out here that are going to listen to you and they're like, oh, I respect Berardo. Oh, we also skip <laughs> breakfast. And they go and they, they skip their breakfast too. And they're like, I'm actually not feeling so hot. Right. That's okay? right. It's because yeah. your salts suck. Yeah. It's because your salts suck. And like another great example, because you, your body has a specific balance, four to three, I think it is, sodium, potassium. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I invite people to go onto Amazon, Google uh, no salt. That's the brand name of okay. a potassium chloride salt substitute for regular salt. Hmm. And over time, just play with tasting it. Because if you're deficient in, um, let's say you're, let's say you have tons of sodium in your body and you, you lick a little bit of salt off your hand, it will taste salty as hell. But if hmm. it, if you are not, if you need more sodium, it won't taste, won't taste at all. It won't, you, it, it won't try to deter you from consuming more. So at, at that point, I basically, I, I'd learned about the salts. I was drinking this, the salt water and I wasn't hungry. I was super energetic. I was working 12 hour days. I was coming home. I was hitting the gym. I was like, this is like actually not possible. Now, knowing what I know now, I probably shouldn't have been hitting the gym right. because muscle protein synthesis, you can't get away from fractional rate. Okay. That was probably dumb, but at the same time, you know, you're experimenting. Yeah. And so, you know, four days in, five days in, six days in, seven days in, eight days in, you're like, at what point do I want to eat a Wagyu steak here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Basically, as I, as I went down the salt, um, the salt path and the fasting path, that's what really dialed me in. Because I've, I've, I've weighed myself every morning after I go to the washroom for a really long time. And so I've got the data and it's just Wi-Fi scale. Right? right. I had one of the first Wi-Fi scales and it's just Wi-Fi scale goes into the health app. And so you can see everything like, you know, Monica used to like laugh at me because I was like so interested in reverse engineering my habits. I put this huge whiteboard on the wall of our like 600 square foot condo. And I wrote like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on it. And every single habit you possess, you know, like getting fucked up, like absolutely anything. I put it in there, X's or checks or notes or whatever. So at the end of like two weeks, I could lean back and be like, you know, I see a correlation here between the frequency of alcohol consumption and the reduced score on sleep quality, right? You went full mad scientist there. That's awesome. When you really are looking for something, then it doesn't matter how you get there, does it? It doesn't matter. I don't care. People can mock me for you know, my extreme methods or just how like absolutely focused I become when I'm in pursuit of something, I don't care because I'm going after what I want. That's right. And at at this point in time, I was basically really learning about uh, energy balance. I was really, really learning about energy balance and I was fasting for long periods of time um, over over a really long period of time. And because I was at that point tracking my food intake, like I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm six feet tall. I'm 218 pounds, right? Pretty strong. And my metabolism was 1500 calories a day. Wow. 
Now, if you tell that to a regular person, they're like, oh no, that's not how it works. The formula, you multiply this certain number based on your sedentary, not sedentary activity level time. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm telling you is I tracked every single thing that went into my mouth to the gram, right? And then, you know, anyways. So at that point I had realized that there's a lot more regarding metabolic adaptation that comes into play for people who are pursuing health goals. Okay. Cause there's a lot of people out there who are like, I diet all the time. I do all these things. I do the intermittent fasting. I'm still not losing the weight. What is the issue here? <laughs> and do you know your metabolism? Do you know what it actually is? Cause if your metabolism is like, if you're a girl, it's like a thousand, 1200, 14, like even like 1400 sucks. Yeah. Okay. It means your neat is down in the garbage. You're not moving very much. Your energy levels are low. It just sucks. But how can you lose weight when you're at 14, 1500 calories? You know what I mean? 500 yeah. calorie deficit over the course of a week is a pound of fat. 500 calorie deficit off 1500, you're going to cut a third of your food out. Yeah. It's just impossible, right? And again, that that's not to interrupt it, but that's the, the calorie deficit. When you hear that and you Google it, that's not all the information you need. So like what you're saying is 100% accurate because if someone just Googles to get in a calorie deficit, but their metabolism is shit, then then oh, getting exactly. it, it, then it doesn't or matter. You, so yeah. Or they go onto the online calculators and they're like, oh, I, I want to be in a deficit. Here's how tall I am. Here's how much I weigh. Here's how old I am, whatever factor. And then the, the formula spits out a friggin' number to you, which is an average number based on who knows who, what sample set. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've been eating in a deficit, 500 calorie deficit for a week. And I gained a pound. My, yeah. my Apple watch tells me that I burned like 600 <laughs> calories in this elliptical session. It's like, no, you didn't. But I look fatter. What happened? Yeah. yeah. Basically at this point, you know, I, I realized that I've kind of like fucked myself up a little bit from all of the fasting in pursuit of autophagy and like higher spiritual enlightenment and stuff like that. You know, you go sit on, you go sit in the dry sauna on day four of a fast. Okay. You, you, you see how tough you are pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Right. And so at this point I was like, well, I'd like to get a little bit leaner. Summer's coming up. Right. But my, cal my, my total daily energy expenditure is 1500 calories. Okay. So I got to fix that first. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started strategically increasing my calories week after week. Now the price you have to pay for this as you build your metabolism is that you, it requires precision. Mm. Okay. Because your, your, your body is an active machine. In times of famine, it starts to slow, down, it slow itself down, which was exactly what happened to me because of all the fasting, right? My body was like, what the fuck? This guy's not eating, right? right? <clears throat> and, um, you know, when, in times of plenty, your body starts gearing up again. But the, there's a maximum rate at which your body can adapt, okay? So let's say you're at 1,500 calories. I'll just use myself as an example here. Let's say you're at 1500 calories and you'd like to lose a little bit of weight. The okay. only way for you to be in a calorie deficit is, is if you're not in 1500 calories, TDEE, you have to be more, you have no choice. So you have to increase it. Okay. Well, I'll just increase it by 500 calories and let my body adapt. But the, the rate of adaptation of your body is maybe if you want to play a conservative, maybe 75, maybe 110 calorie depends on who you are, how big you are, etc., how young you are. Mm -hmm. But, let's just say a hundred for easy math and conversation. That's what your body can adapt to per week. So if you do two, if you do two, three, 400 calorie increase that week, cause you want to start revving up your metabolism. Sure. That first 100 is actually 
causing the signals to your body to begin increasing your total daily energy expenditure via NEAT, et cetera, metabolic adaptation, but the remainder are just going to fat. Okay. And th- this yeah. is, this is the source of yo-yo dieting. This is the source. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Because people lose weight. They don't realize that during the weight loss phase, you're in a calorie deficit. Therefore there's metabolic adaptation, right? And your body has slowed down and you're like, ah, Friday, it's the end of the 12 week phase. I get to start eating again. And you go back to eating the same stuff you ate before, but mm-hmm. your body's not at the same point it was before. Yeah. So you got to bring it out. Right, you got to bring it out properly. So, so strategically, I started increasing my calories—seventy-five calories, hundred calories. I was trying to figure out like where is the upper limit while I don't gain any fat. I'm weighing myself every single day. I'm being an absolute psycho about putting all my food into my fitness pal. So yeah, I just I don't want any arguments. Okay, <laughs> I don't want. There's there's been so many times in my life where I've been like, what really happened, right? And you're like, well, it could have been your behavior, man. You know, it could have been the habits and the choices you made. You're like, no, 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 no. It was the other thing. Yeah. Anyways. So long story short, I started building my metabolism up, right? 1500, 1800, 2200, 2600, 3000, 3500 calories. At about 3500 calories, because I'm a bit of a sedentary person. We have a gym in my house, like a pretty complete gym. And so I'm training in there like once or twice a day, just because I love it. Right. But at the same time... I'm not, you know, I'm not a laborer. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm at, I'm at a desk typically. And so at that point I started to notice I was putting on fat. Okay. At 3, and so to myself, you said? pardon me at 3,500 at 3,500 for me, oh, okay. given the current, uh, sure. current you know, lifestyle habits. Yeah. So at that point I was like, I think I'm maxed out. Right. I mm-hmm. think I'm maxed out. And at, at once you, once you get to your max, you're laughing. Because now cutting is a joke. You want 500 calorie deficit? Oh, 3,000 calories, bro. You see what I'm saying? Now you're eating 3,000 calories and you're losing fat. And what that does to your mind is absolutely unbelievable. Because now you know for sure there's a way. It takes longer. It's more annoying. You have to enter in all the shit. But it works. It's the end of the conversation. There's no quick trick tip, whatever the heck. You know, buy this thing, drink this thing, put this thing on, sweat band, sweat stick, fucking right. <laughs> all that kind of shit. You don't need any of it. Yeah. But and it's taking me a long time to get to here. But going back to the gut microbiome that you were talking about and leaky gut and all of those kind of things, there are macronutrient ratio. I shouldn't be telling you everything. You guys, you guys should be paying me for this. But <laughs> We shouldn't be, um, but it's too late now. So you got to tell us. It's too late now. I'll give you it all. So... It's, it's not very hard to check with any good strength and conditioning source or um, sports training source and find out what an appropriate uh, macronutrient split should be for someone, right? Especially if you're training. And, you know, we all know protein is a little bit more um, satisfying, right, than other macronutrients, okay? And so, you know, that, that plays into the whole psychology aspect of things as well. So, you know, just for, just for illustration purposes, Let's say you're eating 2000 calories a day and you're eating at a 40, 30, 30 split protein, fats, carbs. And the reason you're doing 40, 30, 30 split is because you are, um, you are trying to use the increased protein amount in order to, uh, create more satiation, right? Because 2000 calories at the end of the day, it's not really a lot for most people. I'm talking about guys here, right? If you're training, yeah, if you're training, right. But as you build your metabolism, you don't need all that extra protein. 
Everybody knows the 0.8 to 1.2 pounds for lean, you know, lean body mass. Everybody's seen that research, mm -hmm. right? So the truth is you don't need to be dosing up 1.4, 1.6, 1.8. Now, if you're enhanced, that's a whole other, that's a whole other ball of wax, but you know, that's not something Most that's people, worth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, by the time you get up to 3000 calories, you don't need as much protein. So now you're sitting at a 30, 30, 40 split. Okay. So now you've like, now you've jacked up your carbs. And this is where the gut microbiome kit really comes into play. And it took me a really long time to figure this out over time. You've got to, you've got to just imagine the workload on your guts when you eat 2000 calories. And now imagine the exact same body eating 3000 calories. Can we agree? It's more, it's harder on your guts, like quite obviously yeah. clearly. And so there's like very basic, obvious things to do, like avoid uh, nutritional sources that directly feed uh, bacteria types like candida that work against you by not going for processed sugars, you know, all of those kind of things. That's very easy to do, right. but people f frequently overlook and don't really understand your beneficial gut bacteria. And there's people out there who are like, Oh, kefir and friggin' yogurt and kombuchas. And I drink it. And it's like, okay, look, that's great. But, but what is it? What are the, what does your gut really consume? And the answer is fiber. The answer is fiber. So if you're the kind of person who is tracking your food diligently, you're in pursuit of a worthy goal. You're willing to, pl to pay any price in pursuit of that worthy goal, okay? And you've, you're, you're dialed in on your proteins, you're dialed in on your fats and your carbs. Everything is dialed in. You have to be dialed in on your fiber. You know, they say the gut is like the second brain or the first brain, really. Really, you know? first you ever brain, been yeah. hangry? Like, <clears throat> anyways... It's the first one. <laughs> um, so if if your fiber intake is off, your leptin and your ghrelin are fucked. Okay, and just for people who remember, like you know, ghrelin. I like to remember gremlin as like a ghrelin as like a gremlin. Okay, that's an easy way oh, yeah. to remember the difference between these two. Leptin is satiation, and ghrelin is hunger. Okay, so let's say you're in a calorie deficit, or let's say you're trying to you know, strategically increase your calories to increase metabolic rate, but you're still feeling hungry and stuff like that. You have, to, those, those are leptin and ghrelin playing on you. Yeah. And so you have to understand where the source of these things is, is, is coming from. Angel and predominantly yeah. it's, it's your gut. It's the type of things you eat. Are you eating very, um, very, are you drinking all your calories? You know what I'm saying? Are you right. eating a lot of foods that are not voluminous, that are not helping you have that satiation? Because you know, leptin is also leptin and ghrelin are also affected just by food volume. It there, it's also affected directly by fiber, fiber intake. So you have to figure out how much fiber is appropriate for you. And there's a lot of good resources out there, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it it comes down to the person. Okay, there's good rules of thumb in terms of fiber, but like I'll be honest with you, when for for me, if I'm at three thousand grams of food, sorry, three thousand calories of food a day. My fiber intake is so high, I have to be cognizant of it. You know what I mean? I have to like I've I've changed entire meals because insufficient fiber to get yeah. me to my goal. But because I've got the fiber high enough and I'm pushing all this food through my body, my guts are happy. My guts are happy because I'm not starving them of anything. I'm not disturbing them by giving advantages to unbeneficial bacteria. That's in there. And it was, man, I had crazy candida a long time ago. I don't know. Have you ever had candida? No, no. No? Fuck. Out of control. <laughs> it's, uh, 
Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy, dude. I went to like the poop doctor. I'll just be this is a little gross, but I'll yeah. just be fucking straight up with you. I went to like the guts doctor, and they like make you lay down like prostate exam, and they like stick a tube up your butt and like wash out all your guts. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Colon hydrotherapy. Anyways, didn't work for me, but yeah. what, what an experience. Yeah, the the most I did was you know when I was diagnosed with Crohn's, I did the poop test where you you know, give them your feces and, you know, they'll test that, see if there's any abnormalities. And then, you know, I did a colonoscopy. My first colonoscopy was when I was in my twenties. It's fucking crazy. And wow. yeah, they, they never gave me any, any feedback that's beneficial. Like, like me, I'm thinking they're going to come back with some photos and give me like this high con, you know, like very detailed intestinal like layout yeah. of like, yeah, give me the knowledge. Yeah, man. Like I want everything. And you know, yeah. I thought they were going to like bring me back a sliver of it and say, Hey, this is the good one. This is the bad one. Like nothing. Mm -hmm. They didn't do shit. Pun intended. Man, literally. And that's what's kind of, that. it is kind of gnarly what you're talking about with the gut because people really do take it, take it for granted. What you don't understand is aside from breastfeeding right after you get done breastfeeding from when you're able to eat salad foods, whatever year that is all the way up until today, your body is eating every three hours, four hours. It is putting in work all the time. For real. For so real. you and imagine what your brain is is doing. Like your brain is obviously far more intelligent that we think uh, than your gut, let's say. But it is your gut is the second brain. But your brain is kind of doing all the work a little bit. But you don't understand that everything that goes on in the gut is going to the brain. And it's telling you. Yeah, the brain oh yeah, I, I, I would argue that the, the gut is probably more important than the brain. That's because what is it? What's the book? The master and the emissary. Okay. Oh, just talks about one. how like the brain is basically a tool for the logical mind, the chopping, chopping aspect of the mind. Yeah, because the gut is telling Dude, the brain I love, I love what your to do. Journey, man. I love your journey and, how, and what, <laughs> what you're doing. This is this is awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's been wicked, man, and it's it's interesting because I've always learned uh, for years that. You know, everybody is different, of course, but, you know, yeah. ha having this podcast dealing with what I, I went through, it's making me kind of open my eyes a little bit more because I, I do talk a lot about plant based and eating and all that. But every every single episode that I do about health, wellness or even any type of nutritional advice, it's always what I what it, what happens for me is not going to be correct for you. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of studies and there's a lot of things that maybe you could take from each person. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you said, you got to do your own research. You got to track your own food. You got to track your own calories. Yeah. Cause even what, what you're saying is accurate, but if someone's eating nothing but quote unquote good fats, um, and you're eating nothing but good nut butters every single day, all day, every day. And that's how you're eating so quickly. Yeah, dude. So it's like, <laughs> even, even though your calories are right and your proteins are right and your fats are right, it's just, it's what you eat. And if you tell me to eat, yeah fucking bison and all that shit. I can't eat it because I have Crohn's. So now yeah. what? Well, I got to do my own research and I got to figure out. The bumper lanes are up. You have to you have to remain within certain parameters. You Energy balance cannot be defeated, mm, right? That's that's, right. that's the absolute truth. And, you know, when it, every, the, the law of individual differences states that everybody's different and will respond differently. And that's, you can approach that from a neurotransmitter perspective in terms of what type of medications work for people and some other ones don't. You can look at it on the gut level in terms of, I've got friends who are vegan and they haven't had meat in so long that if I give them a piece of tenderloin, and this is tender, like I live in Alberta. So this is tenderloin that's like grass finished, no hormones. You know what I'm saying? This is yeah. good as it gets there. And they're just like, Oh, Guts, right? 
Well, now you could probably make an argument. You don't really have the enzymes in there anymore. And you don't really have yeah. the bacteria that are typically used to break those things down. So we're all at different starting points, right? We're all at different starting points, but there are generalized rules. And I think one of the, the biggest factors, and I alluded to this earlier when we were talking about your personal trainer friend who, um, you know, had that client that was talking about the two to four weeks, yeah. <clears throat> you can't get away from the psychology. You, you can't. And so it's, it, you know, for a long time, I was really obsessed with this. My dog just came in the room. Um, I was really obsessed with like, okay, everybody's different, but what are the most common truths about these type of things that will resonate with people and actually get them to do something? What are the pillars? What are the truisms? Yeah. What are the truisms? The generalized you know, patterns, <clears throat> like all forms of knowledge that do not result in action or is a waste. If you, if you're the kind of person who's like, Oh, I'm going to read this and I'm getting into this a new hobby, new skill set. You buy all the gear, you do all the things that, but then you don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You think that you're doing something, you're doing nothing. You're wasting your life. Mm -hmm. So what, what elements of knowledge, what prescriptions, what, what fundamental behaviors are good enough to resonate with most people. And if you begin thinking about most people, then you have no choice but to think about the most average person. And yeah. I, I mean, everybody's got a big ego. So when I say think of the most average person, everybody thinks of somebody who's like below them, mm -hmm. right? First of all, that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. And second of all, they realize that half the people out there are below that guy, <laughs> right. okay? Yeah. That's not a lot of people. Yeah. So what what truisms and, and what type of, what type of approaches and states of mind can be pursued in order to resonate with those people too? That's right. Because just like I told you, you know, you're, a, you're the monkey brain most of the time, lizard, whatever. Yeah. Right? right. Like you're on autopilot most of the time. Okay. Everybody talks about being in flow state, all these wonderful things. The truth of the matter is most of us don't live in a way <clears throat> that allows us to be in flow state. We have to punch the clock. This is what time my boss expects me. These people are counting on me, all those kind of things. And so you have to flip out of flow state, transcendent version of yourself into, you know, robot monkey mode. I'm doing what right. I'm supposed to do. I've always been the guy in my friend groups that is, you know, extremely positive, right? Because attitude is everything. And it has done absolute wonders for me in my life, whether it's my dating life, whether it's my professional life, whether it's my personal life, it's absolutely rocked it. So I've always been the guy who gives people advice in my friends group, maybe like nine years, eight or nine years ago, I guess. Now I was on Reddit one day and this guy posted this long post about how life's not worth living. And he doesn't, you know, everything he tries just like totally sucks and whatever. And I had just drank like a huge Starbucks coffee. I was just about to go for a run. Of course. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it, buddy. I'm going to drop the knowledge on you. And so I just blasted out these rules for life, you know, and I, I went into his search history to figure out who he was as a person so that I could better tailor my communication method to him. Nice. And he's like a bro kind of guy, you know, like 19, 20 kind of thing. And so I was like, okay, I'll use bro speak. Nice. So I wrote him this long post, boom, this is how you live your life, dude. Here are the basic rules. Here's the way to, to interpret things and perceive things. Send. Go out for a run, go to sleep, wake up the next day. I got like 2,000 emails. Hmm. I've, to this day, I've had almost 20,000 emails, personal emails from people, 
It was the most popular post on Reddit for six years. No shit. Okay. It spawned a community of, uh, I think it's at 105,000 people now who are living by my rules in the, in the, uh, non zero, it's called non zero days. Okay. I was interviewed by Forbes, Buzzfeed, Vice Magazine, Men's Health, Women's Health, da da da. If you Google non zero days, the first eight pages are all me. Okay. No shit. Okay. <clears throat> and so I think Monica mentioned something like that. Yeah. I haven't got a chance to look at that. That's told awesome. Me, she told me to make sure that I bring it up while I'm talking to you. And I, I'm trying to be respectful of your time. No, hell yeah. I'm but, definitely um, going to Google the shit out of that later for sure. Google the shit out of it later. Yeah. But look, long story short, there is a subreddit out there with 105,000 people that are trying to improve their lives through very basic principles, simple truisms that if you read them and you understand them and that you make them your own, things are going to work out. Okay. Maybe not perfectly, but I guarantee you they will, imp they will improve. Okay. Because you're taking action on your life. And yeah. I mean, what, you know, what is, what is perfect? And I, I fucking hate that, that word perfect because, mm -hmm. you know, if everyone's saying they want to go through their fitness journey and have the perfect six pack and the perfect abs and the perfect this and the perfect, me, my favorite word now is sustainable. You know, mm -hmm. like the perfect diet is, and again, diet's one of those funky words, but eating right right now is probably better than thinking about how you're going to eat right for the rest of your life. Like those are two different things in my opinion, because mm. your body's always going to change. And I love what you said when you're tracking everything and you, you talked about that, because if you're not doing that all the time, every day, every week, then you're not going to have the perfect quote unquote body lifestyle that you're looking for. Yeah. You have to be able to do this forever. You just can't have these fads because if you're not going to commit to doing whatever you want to do in terms of fitness, if you're not able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I can do this for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, then you're going to look great for five years. And then you're going to tailor off because as you get older, your body changes, your body's going to crave yeah. more and it's going to want different things. So you True. have to you have to be able to adapt and to change and to continuously work at this. And it annoys me so much sometimes when I talk to my buddies in particular, because uh, I talk, I'm like you, I'm, I'm usually the preacher uh, in my yeah. group of friends. <laughs> and it, sometimes in a good way, my wife gets embarrassed and that's when she'll walk away, but that's okay. Um, it's an easy way to get rid of her in a conversation. But <laughs> usually when I, I do talk a lot about this and I say, listen, man, like you want the like nicest car, you want the nicest house, you want the coolest iPhone you want, and you'll do anything you can to get that shit. But why do you like slack on your health? Why do you not Bro, put that same love and commitment? How many people get up early for themselves? Dude. <laughs> if your boss is like, you better fucking be here at eight o'clock, you'll be there. Yeah. You'll be there. But if I tell you, I want you to wake up in the morning and go and do some meditation or read a book or literally do absolutely anything that would improve your life, you're going to hit snooze. Oh, it's no. disgusting. I don't want that. So, but you'll, you'll wake up early and go on fucking TikTok and look at what your friends are doing. Absolutely. But you won't, look you at won't the wake. butts. Oh, wow. Look at the jiggle. Yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> so, with you, man. Fuck. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like I've been, I've been doing, I want to get into, dude, I could talk to you for hours. But I, I know you talked a little bit about um, sauna and cold therapy, and I've been doing plunges yeah. for years. Um, and I have an ice barrel, if, if you're familiar with that company. It's, yep. you know, it's a pretty cool vertical style uh, barrel, but I've been doing that. Yep. And I've been doing it in the morning on my non-training days. The benefits that I'm seeing from that versus like doing it on a Sunday at like 3 p.m. on my off days, it's, it's night and day. Like doing it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, for me anyway, 
Uh, hmm. I'm just seeing massive what type benefits. of benefits are you noticing versus a Sunday practice? Well, and again, I'm combining a lot of things in one. So I, I didn't like do an elimination style. But for me, one thing I realized, because I just had surgery, and I could tell you about that in a sec. But uh, right afterwards, when I was able to, I, I wasn't sleeping very good at all. But doing it in the morning, I'm realizing if it was a routine that when I do my ice bath in the morning on an empty stomach, and then I, of course, eat right, and that's all my off days, and I do that at least three or four times a week, I don't take melatonin anymore at night. I used to have to spray yeah, that. you shouldn't. Yeah, I If should. you're ever going to take melatonin, it better be less than 300 micrograms because that's the yeah. physiological dose. But you go to the, the supermarket or whatever you're picking it up, three, five, ten. I've seen 25 milligram doses of melatonin. No. Yeah, that's fucking Okay. Nuts. What now, are you doing? I'll do one spray and I'll, I'll call it a day usually. Um, mm. But I don't even do that anymore. You know, I used yeah, to have to take- Exhaustion time. is the ultimate pillow. Let's be real. That's right. Yeah. And that's that's the next thing I was going to say is I'm realizing that if I could push my body even on my off days, whether it's ice baths, meditation, yoga, whatever. But if I could push my body to the brink, I'm realizing that my sleep is way better. Of course. Yeah. Because when I go to sleep normally, like before I started doing this experiment to myself a few months ago, before I could go to sleep normally- the fucking brain is going a million miles a minute and nothing I could do to calm it down. And what yeah. I'm realizing is maybe my brain has stresses, has anxiety. I have to release that, whether it's through meditation or, um, you know, shock protein. If, if there's something working out, there's something that I need to, my body's asking me to release it. And once I could release it and I can exert my body's energy and I can complete that session for the day, the next day I'm sleeping a thousand times better. Of course. And look, um, it, it, it's it's the body that decides when to go to sleep. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And so if you haven't done anything to make your body tired, then your sleep is going to be shit. Yeah. You ever go and help a friend move or, you know, help somebody do a backyard project or something. You get home, you're like, holy shit, I'm totally bag. You lay down, you're, you're asleep before you hit the pillow. The best sleep of your life. <laughs> best sleep of your life. You know, yeah. and, and we could touch on things that affect your sleep in a negative fashion, like alcohol and just literally attitude and emotions and everything. I, I would have to disagree with you a little bit on a couple of things that you said there. First of all, the sustainable that, aspect, yeah. mm -hmm. like, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, I I there's look around in the universe, look in nature. There is no steady state conditions. Everything mm. is growing and proceeding or it is collapsing and declining. So when, when we're talking about choosing something that is a, a worthy goal, okay? And like you say, what you need right now is probably not what you need in 20 or 30 years. Absolutely true. But what's common amongst those timeframes? And the common is the pursuit of the ideal. Okay, mm -hmm. the, the pursuit of perfection. And this is where people get it twisted. And this is where, in my opinion, all of the people behind the mainstream media and all this stuff, they don't want you. They want you to stay small. Okay, fear makes a man live small, period. Yeah. Okay, you only you cannot exceed your dreams. You can't. That's true. If you've never dreamt of being, you know, of anything, you'll never be it. Right. We're, we're all self-limiting by nature perfection and the idea of perfection we have to recognize that there are multiple elements to it there's it's a double-edged sword all the way down so on the one hand if you are in so such pursuit of perfection that you're anorexic or you're bulimic mm. or any of these terrible things or you know monica just told me the other day showed me a research article saying that more men than women have body image disorders now oh i, okay? I didn't read that yeah it's crazy. Bro, my dad's got like hairs growing out of the sides of his nose. He doesn't give a shit. 
This is new phenomenon. Okay. Yeah. This is a new phenomenon. And where did it come from? You think guys naturally got together and we were like, we should be shaving our legs and our armpits and our chest and our balls. Like, what are you talking about? This yeah. was put into our minds. Okay. Yeah. To distract us from things. And part of that comes back to this idea of what perfection is and the pursuit of perfection. You know, I, last week I just got back from Italy. Okay. We went for the month of May. It was fucking awesome. The three of us, no plans, everything, just do whatever you want, wherever you go. And like the level of sculpture, art and architecture is literally supreme. Okay. No one has ever made anything better than that in the last four or 500 years, whenever they made it. Right. Okay. That's what we And we have the tools to make it now. Well, do we? Well, I mean, let's say tools. Well, you could. You don't have the skill set. The skill set. Exactly. And the only way those people had that skill set is because they were pursuing perfection. That's right. They were willing to, like I mentioned earlier, willing to pay, pay the price of a worthy goal. And they pursued something, you know, I can't remember what the Japanese word is now. There's a Japanese word for, um, the pursuit of mastery over a lifetime. Okay. Mm. Because look at the Japanese, like those dudes, you'll have a guy making sushi. He's like the best sushi maker in the world. But that's the only thing he cares about. That's right. So if, if the pursuit of perfection for you is causing you to engage in self-destructive or community destructive or relationship destructive behaviors, then that, that that's a marker that something's wrong. That's right. But the pursuit of perfection and the pursuit of an ideal is a worthy pursuit that transcends time. It doesn't matter if you're 20, 40, 60, 80, if you are pursuing, you know, pursuing perfection, I'm not saying attaining it because it's unattainable. Now, but if you're I, pursuing it, it's worth it. Exactly. Now, I should have clarified before when I said I hated that word perfect. That's yeah. because I think that we're never going to achieve perfection, but I love no. the pursuit but it's of the perfection. Calling. Perfection yeah. is the calling. That's right. To be more, that you could be better. Look, we all know it. You could be better. I don't care how good you are at anything, how kind you are, how giving you are, how loving you are. You could always be a little bit more. That's right. Right? Yeah. And, you know, like there's the whole locus of control thing, right? You you, you focus on yourself until you're able, until you've risen up high enough that you can focus on those around you. Then you focus on your community and you just keep expanding your circle of influence right in the pursuit of worthy goals and your truth right this is exactly what you're doing that's right you figured your own shit out i'm sure you talk your wife's ear off right about all this kind of stuff and now you're trying to spread the message out to other people but you have to begin internally the work has to be done internally and if you are feeling depression like dude depression is in my family like you wouldn't believe and i've got the craziest sample set because my mom my dad is the youngest of 18 kids Okay. And so not only does he have all those brothers and sisters, but they all got married and then they all had kids. And so some of their kids are older than me because, you know, 18 kids takes like 20 some years, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, growing up, like you just got this massive sample set of people to like take a look at. Right. And like depression is an indicator. It's an indicator. People think it's an affliction. Okay. Like, it's like, the, like, like you, you are experiencing something that's outside of yourself, but it's, it's a calling. Okay. Some, yeah. something, whether you believe in God, you believe in the universe, you just believe only in yourself that this is all mechanistic. I don't care, but it's, it's a flag and it's a flag that something's off and it's, yeah. you know, potentially it's outside of yourself. I mean, there, there are lots of edge cases where terrible things are happening to people, horrible things. Okay. 
But for the most part, depression is like an affluent disease. Okay. Yeah. There's way more people depressed in North America than there's people depressed in Africa. For right? sure. I'd love to see a study on this, but I can't imagine anybody being depressed in Africa. No. Because when because they're th when they're there, that's their life. They're accepting it, but they're not they're not consuming the outside world. And I think yeah. that causes a lot of depression. You know, like if you go if you talk some like I'm sure in Italy, same thing. They they look at America. And I live in America, so I could say this, and you're in Canada. Even Canada, you guys probably say this. I don't know. But when you're in another continent, you look at America like a joke, I would guess. If, if I'm in Africa and you're just in your, your own little world, everything's fine, yeah. everything's perfect, yeah. and you're looking at America cool. like they're worried about fucking what the Kardashians are doing today. What a joke. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about having clean water. You know, like yeah. we're, we're so outside of other bullshit and wanting – you're not accepting what you have and you're not being appreciative for what you have. You're yes, always worried but, about but, what you don't have. But threading this into what I'm the, the core of what I'm trying to get to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is clearly key. There's no question that gratitude is the key to understanding and happiness and progression. If you're not thankful for the things that people have done for you, if you're not thankful yeah. for the things that you have done for yourself, that's right. That is the real cause of depression. That's why these people who are living like above the poverty line, they spend their day in, in their eyes, worthy pursuits. I need to get water. I got to go get food. I'm trying to build a house, like whatever it is. Meanwhile, we're over here. Everything's taken care of. Mm -hmm. Everything's smooth. And at seven o'clock when the Netflix series rolls over to the next episode, we've got 10 seconds where we realize I didn't do fuck all with my day today. Yeah. And you think that doesn't accumulate, that accumulates. So you, you, the, the gratitude has to extend, again, locus of control. It begins within yourself. And this is why I'm all about the morning. I don't care when, if you're a morning person, if you're not a morning person, it, it's literally meaningless. I'm simply describing the fact that if you wake up in the morning for yourself, right? Cause you'll wake up for a job. We already covered that. Okay. What, you don't love yourself as much as you love your job? You should. Right. People love you more than they love your job. <laughs> There's more benefits of taking care of yourself than a job because a job can lay you off at any moment. But absolutely. Oh, dude, absolutely. I run, I run a corporation. We, our contracts can get canceled in an afternoon. Yeah. There's no two weeks, nothing. Some of this HR talky talky. But the point I'm trying to make here just about gratitude and the self is that the morning is a tool to create momentum that results in actionable change. Okay, within yourself and outside of yourself. If you wake up in the morning and you have a series, you've created it yourself. You wrote it down on a piece of paper. You sat there with a piece of paper and a pencil and you were like, you didn't go online and read what other people are doing. Okay, mm -hmm. you wrote down, here's some things that I think would help me. Maybe you read the Bible or you read the Quran. I don't fucking know. Maybe you buy a boat of book of quotes. You know what I'm saying? Inspirational quotes. You go back to the Stoics. What's Epictetus saying? You know, Marcus Aurelius's <laughs> journals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Anything just to get your mind in the right place. And then yeah. you pursue worthy goals as continually as you can without break. If you want a break, take a break in the evening. Why? Because you've earned it because you've earned it. And the cycle of doing things for yourself, fuck you, this is for future me. Yeah. I wanna lay in bed, but I'm getting up, I'm doing old school ab ripper X and I'm going for a run for 20 minutes. Doing this for future me. If you can consistently look back on your behavior and you're very proud of it, like people don't realize the, the, the kind of power you get when you sit to yourself in a quiet room and you say, how have I lived my life the last week, month, year, 
If you can say I lived my life correctly, every single one of those days, it's the ultimate power. It's the ultimate confidence. Absolutely. Right. Because you can't argue with it. It happened. That's how I lived my life. Those are the choices I made. So you got to cut out the bullshit, jack up the gratitude through action. Love is a verb, right? Yeah. That's a fact. I fuck. I can't, I can't stand. Like I mentioned, I've got such a big family. There's, there's a few people in my family that are like, just, Oh, I love you so much. And all this kind of stuff. It's like, you don't fucking, where's the phone calls, (laughs) you know? But, well, well, lo- love is love is a very funny thing because m- my wife and I were just having this conversation last night, so I had to bring it up. But sometimes in the moment, we always think we're doing the right things. Yeah, like you know, like, your exes, you thought you loved them more than life. Oh, absolutely. Until you don't, and now yeah. you're with the person you're with, and you probably love them for. It. But again, the the energy and the time and the love we put into to other things besides ourselves. And I love what you're saying with, if you could appreciate yourself and give yourself gratitude and appreciate what you have and focus on yourself, that love that you have for yourself, it translates for everything else. And it's Dude, so, it's 100%. so interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. 100%. You, you start, when people look at you and they're like, yo, you're not drinking booze anymore, dog. You put down the robot dick vape pens, you know? <laughs> like, oh my God, you're totally changing. Yeah, right? that's so weird. They, dude, they get inspired. You know why? Because they go home and they're like, how come this motherfucker is killing it so hard? Who does he think he is? Well, that's just a fact, okay? That's just how human nature is. And then after they get over that, they're like, yo, maybe I could step it up a little bit. Yeah. When your light starts to shine, it shines onto everyone. And so just going back to what your wife said there about the cycle of gratitude and doing things for yourself needs to extend to your partner. Okay. And the patients, some people are extremely patient with their partner, right? I know a lot of people who've had addiction issues, whether it's like from like GHB to cocaine or whatever. Okay. Opiates, you know, all the prescription horse shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's like, if you love someone, you have to be patient. Okay. Because you're like, you said you're going to change. It's going to take forever. Some people don't, you have to change on your own. So you have to show love. You have to be forgiving. And it's very easy to be forgiving with someone that you love. But it's really hard to be forgiving with yourself. Do you know how many times, like, it's like nine o'clock in the morning, a long time ago, nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, I said I was going to get up early and do the stuff, but I slept in. Why did I do that? It's nine o'clock in the fucking morning, and I'm feeling bad about myself, Yeah. right? Because I didn't do something. But if somebody else done that, what, what, what advice would you give them? Don't fucking worry about a dog. It's nine o'clock right now. Kill it. Just get up. It's nine o'clock right now. Right. Sorry. I was going to say a lot of people would relate to that and say, well, I just have anxiety. No. Yeah. No yeah. shit. You, no shit. You what, haven't what done anything. Do what, what do you think anxiety is? Anxiety is the fear of the future, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you afraid of the future? Because the trajectory as it extends into the future is not what you want, whether it's what you want here or what you want here or what you want in your guts. All these things, all these evaluatory processes are are happening at the same time. The logic, the spiritual, the heart. If you are not doing the things that are propelling you in the correct direction in life, you're going to have anxiety, period. Oh, Ryan, some people have a real brain condition where their neurotransmitters are. Okay, look, true. If we take 100 people who are afflicted by anxiety, is what I'm saying going to work for 80 or 90% of them? It is. No medication. All diseases are self-afflicted. Sorry? No medication too, by the way. That's just things you could do 
on your own. That's just things you can do. Yeah. But, but you, you gotta go to, eat shit for a long time yeah. while you figure it out. You go to the doctor and tell them you have depression and anxiety. They're gonna pop you with a bunch of pills. You know that's oh, absolutely. Or prescribe like ten thousand dollars shockwave therapy programs in order to fix your spine, right? Oh, Fucking guys, it's like you know someone that has dealt with that. Yeah. Oh, hey, I know this guy. Like literally, my bank account's just yeah. getting drained. It's like pay, pay, pay. Like I didn't care. I don't care yeah. what. The, that's what money's for, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> right. Might as well, yeah. And you yeah. know, again, just to kind of circle back to the beginning of the conversation, you know, doctors. I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of doctors out there that. Uh, are good at what they do. They have a great practice. And some of them maybe don't even want your money. Maybe they just want to help you. Maybe. Sure. Or maybe they're just a business. And just like a lot of things, they want to make Often a lot of money. Times. So it's important that if you're going to put as much energy into Netflix and into your car and your job, why not put a lot of energy into yourself? In Dude. turn, taking care of yourself is going to take care of your loved ones and your family, and you're going to have a more beautiful and fruitful life. It's just that easy. Look, life is so long. You have to begin. You will realize this at some point in your life. You know, they say every man has two lives, and the second one begins when you realize you have only one. And so the, the truth of the matter is all of these doctors, all of these experts, sure, Listen to them. Pay attention to what they have to say. They studied very hard. They're standing on the shoulders of giants and they have ridiculous knowledge. But this is a 10, 20, 30. It's a lifelong game. Are they going to be in your back pocket for the rest of your life? They're going to retire. They're going to move to a new city, new job, whatever. And you're back to square one. So okay. people have to begin having faith in their own intellectual ability to evaluate information and to pursue things. There's, there's nothing worse than you you put all your faith and all your hope in this doctor and oh my God, please, everything is so horrible and you you don't do anything outside yeah. of what that doctor told you. Oh, my appointment is in three weeks. I'll just wait. Oh, I can't wait. You know, stress, do, 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 do. The thing is like, you got to be seeking the answers yourselves. So when yeah. you sit down with the guy, you can be as intelligent as possible, but more importantly, you're developing the faith in yourself to find a solution. Yeah. Yeah, you got to look at it like when you take your car to the mechanic when it breaks down. You yeah. should know a little bit about the tranny. You should know about the tires and the engine and how the actual car works. Because if not, yeah. guess what the mechanic's going to do? He's going to bend you over and show you the 50 states, okay? He's going to yeah, take totally. your money. Yeah. So it's okay. This is you your need vehicle. a new flux capacitor, sir. That'll be $3,500. That's like, right. right. Okay. And then, you know, if you don't know anything about your vehicle, you're like, okay, well, he's a mechanic. He yeah. He knows more than I do. Exactly. So you got to look at your body like your vehicle. Know your body better than the doctors know your body. So that yeah. way when the doctors tell you what to do, you could be like, well, hold on. What about this, this, this? That's okay. It's okay to question things. I mean, remember, doctors used to think cigarettes were good for you. They used to prescribe them to patients. It's not saying that they don't know things. It's just things change. It's okay for you to know a little bit about your body because you're stuck with it. Yeah. Look, I love the vehicle body. analogy in terms of um, knowing knowing yourself and knowing your body. Look, if you got a six-cylinder engine in your car, okay, let's say you don't have a Tesla, you're not all fancy pollutant, okay? Let's say you have a six-cylinder engine in your car and you fire each of those cylinders at one-hour intervals. All right. Your engine's not going to run, okay? There's very right. specific, consistent timing that is required to get work out of the engine, okay? There's a pattern, do, 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 
has mm. to occur. When it comes to knowing yourself and understanding your body, the inward looking observer has to be performing in the same manner when it comes to frequency. Yep. You have to be looking at yourself. This isn't a Sunday night thing where you sit down and you're like, what did I do all week? No, this is a continual thing, right? That's right. One of the most powerful lessons you can teach someone is to teach them how to see themselves as the observer. See, like right now, you and I, I'm looking at your eyes right now, right? In the little screen right here, coming out of these guys, right? Going right there. Same thing with you, like this. Yeah. I can see myself 10 feet above me in the corner of the room. I can see what I'm doing. I can observe my how I'm moving my hand. I can pay attention to the words that are coming out of my mouth. And if you practice that habit, of, of watching, like just literally watch yourself, watch yeah. what you're doing, watch what you're saying, watch what you're eating. I can't tell you how many times some, a client of mine has sent me a message that said, I had, you know, I, I was going into the fridge and I had like, you know, I had the junk food in my hand and I saw myself standing at the fridge and I realized what I was doing. It's like, yeah, cause yeah. we got to break the monkey man cycle, right? Yeah. You got to and- chop it. And I mean, honestly, that's, that's a perfect way to, uh, to end it. Um, you know, I wish, I wish, uh, I'm going to have to have you on more, uh, because we're at, we're an hour and 20 minutes already. This has flown by and we did, we did not get into a lot of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. We got into, I would love to talk to you more about non-zero days because it has absolutely struck a nerve with literally millions of people. Businesses have started. People got tattoos. Okay. I've got, like I mentioned, I've had almost, I've had thousands and thousands of messages from people. And I'd like to talk about the simplicity of that a little bit with you eventually. That'd be great. I mean, even the next couple of weeks, I mean, we we could set something up if you got some time. So yeah, this was awesome, Ryan. And just so I'm not butchering it, it's Stroder, right? It's written Stroder, but way back in the day, there used to be two dots on the O, so it's pronounced straighter. Straighter. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. The two dots. I like it. The umlaut. The umlaut. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> so, uh, where could people find you, man? Um, and you know, I, I want to see obviously your channel. If you got any sites, throw that out for me so uh, I can. Man, leave I'll have I'll too. have more for you later. We're working on the website right now. You know, I I don't do enough social media. My wife is the wizard. Okay, <laughs> my wife is the wizard. We have OsilisHealth.com is our supplement line. Um, we've launched our first supplement, I guess it was six months ago, um, relating to immunity blend, science backed, go take a look at it. We've got unbelievable um, team of doctors behind it, specialists, myself, my wife, and uh, it's really been helping a lot of people. We're really happy about that. No, no, this was this was great, man. I appreciate all the knowledge that that you gave. And yeah, we, definitely a lot of good nuggets in there, I think. <clears throat> I'm not even going to edit it. Like it's, it's all gorgeous, man. It's all great stuff. So easier. (laughs) And it's way easier. Yeah, that too. Uh, (laughs) But thank you. you, That's right. No, but this was great, man. I think a lot of people are going to gain some value to this. I can't wait to have you again. And, um, you know, Monica, uh, just keep up the good work because, uh, of course how I found her was based off her content. So I know she's going to keep that going and I'm looking forward to, uh, to definitely have another chat with you soon for sure. Perfect. Take a look at the fiber thing. Yeah, that, I would be very, call. I would be very interested to hear your uh, observations around yeah. fiber intake. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I mean, I've tried to, you know, supplement it, but obviously with uh, no. with Crohn's, yeah, yeah, with Crohn's, I gotta, I gotta be careful. I'm not talking with... about fuck. 
It's like, I remember when I was trying to get more fiber, Monica was like, how many grams of fiber do you need? And I told her, and then she was like, well, what kind of fiber do you like eating? I'm like, raspberries? I'm going right. to eat five pints of raspberries every day. Can you buy 35 pints of raspberries yeah. for the week at Costco? She's like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, real shit. Yeah, it's a, but I, I yeah. do need to, I do need to up my fiber for sure. Uh, you know, when it, with me doing primarily plant-based, I mean, I, I do eat a lot more fruits than anything, but, yeah. um, I'm just always so cautious because I just get full, you know, and, and then a mm. few days of getting full and then I have an episode like I'm so, mm. I'm still trying to figure this thing out, but it's, um, uh, mm. it's getting better for sure. Um, but much more to talk about. Cause I even got back with, uh, yeah. I had a lung surgery too, that I'm just recovering from. What about so, any of the peptides like BPC one five seven or TB 500? You ever looked into that? No, no, heard. No, but a bit along if you're into life extension. We can talk more about peptides another time. That'd be great, man, for sure. Uh, All right, but brother. Let's circle back uh, definitely in the next couple of days, and um, I'll shoot you a message after this. But thanks again, Ryan Strader, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a round of applause. Just a great job. Ryan, thanks hey, again, man. I appreciate you, man. I think, it's, I think it's great what you're doing, and uh, I think that you know you are pursuing a worthy ideal here. My right? man. It's definitely worthy. And I know how frustrating it can get, certainly watching our social media following grow and watching, you know, product sales and, and, and you know, the ramp that you hoped for not being what you, you know, what, what you're yeah. actually experiencing. So, you know, I, I think what you're doing is great and it's uh, it's helping a lot of people. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, Ryan. We'll definitely stay in touch, man. Right, Thanks brother. again for all you do. Enjoy it.